Welcome to Tucson New Thought. Before I get to what I want to, uh, before I get to essentially what I prepared today, um, I have a question to ask. This is not a rhetorical question, but this is by show of hands. How many people are on the Unity email list, the Unity of Tucson email list? <laughs> so you probably received an email this week that uh, would have been confusing to you, given what I have talked about here uh, that, that had been going on, and uh, I want to clarify any confusion. Last year, the ministers at Unity of Tucson retired, and I was encouraged uh, many, on many occasions to throw my hat in the ring to be, co to be considered as the next minister at Unity of Tucson. And I went through the process, and I was interviewed a few times, and I went and did a couple Sunday talks, and it, we went through and went through and went through. And on December 21st, I received a phone call from the president of the board of Unity of Tucson saying that they have opted to go with other candidates to present as final candidates for their com community. Great. So we continue to build a Tucson New Thought. And we're going along, and we move into our new space. And um, 11 days ago, I got another call from the president at the Board of Unity of Tucson saying that those candidates had not worked out and would I still be interested in potentially stepping in as a candidate for the, for the ministry there. And I said, I have to think about it. Give me a day or two. And so I thought about it. She gave me a day. And I came back and the next day. I got on the phone with her and I said, um, I would love to meet with you in person. We arranged that. I met with her in person. And I essentially said, I am not interested in being considered as a candidate for Unity of Tucson. You're either going to hire me or you're not. That's actually what I said. <laughs> Which sounds, now, now I want to say, that may sound truly egotistical, but I've already been through the process. So let's just acknowledge that I've already been through the process, and you know, like, the community knows me, and that's that. So that was 11 days ago that that all began to unfold. So if you got the email this week and were thinking, wait, he's showing up in this email as a candidate, but I thought that that was done, uh, it resurfaced, and it is in play, and I will know tomorrow what the answer is. And so just as a heads up to our community that that came about. <laughs> And I wanted to say that to you because I wanted, us, I want, I wanted to be transparent uh, in the inner workings of what happens behind the scenes here at Tucson New Thought. The board, the leadership council here all knows that that's been unfolding. And, and uh, if we are not transparent as a spiritual community, if you, if you ever attend a spiritual community that is not transparent in terms of what is happening, run. Seriously. Seriously. So I will always be upfront, I will always be transparent, and I will always tell you my truth. Oh, there's a hand. <laughs> yes. Will you share? Yes. Yeah, actually, that, yes, I should say that. Um, what I said is either hire me or not, but here's my pitch. Part of your, part of your consideration, I was going to say concern, part of your consideration is that I am not a unity minister. And unity tends to utilize scripture for their services. They tend to utilize the Holy Bible and, and are rooted in that. And they were concerned that I would not be able to bring that. And I have assured them that as, religious, as a religious science minister, I am actually trained to do that. We are trained in religious science to do that. But most of our communities don't want that. So we're looking for other things to bring uh, for inspiration. 
said, but I can do that. So I said, why don't we do this? I'm already doing two services. Why don't we shift you into the place of doing two services and nine o'clock will be a scripture-based unity style service and a 10.30 service will be essentially what we're doing here, more rooted in religious science, not, as, not so much in scripture. And so they were really enthusiastic about that idea, and now we'll see what happens. So, yeah. <sighs> we don't know. No, that's a whole discussion that, that has yet. The question was, and it would be called Tucson New Thought. And I said, that's a whole discussion down the road. <laughs> Let's, let's see if there's an offer, first and foremost, because there's no offer. I'm just telling you what's happening. As I tell you what's happening, and this actually does lead me into what I want to talk about today, um, I am allowing myself to listen. I'm allowing myself to listen. What is it that I'm listening to? I am listening to the words I speak and I'm listening to my reaction to the words I speak. I'm listening to that small voice in the back of my head that always provides illumination of what is in my core belief system. This is something that we've been going through and talking about in the Wednesday night class. That we can figure out what's happening in our belief system when we listen to that small voice. It's always speaking truth. This has been my experience, and so I bring this experience to you to talk about it in this particular context. Um, because today, I'm going to be talking, yes, about guilty pleasures. Not, you don't need to raise your hand, but <laughs> I just want you to check in with yourself. Do you have a guilty pleasure? Something that you look at and go, oh yeah, that's my guilty pleasure. I'm like, uh, I did actually preface by saying it was a rhetorical question for consideration. Do you, just check in with yourself, what is your guilty pleasure? Do you have any guilty pleasures? Here's, the, here's what I would like us to really take to heart today. We are allowed to experience pleasure in our lives. Yeah, we are allowed to experience pleasure in our lives, but we may have taken on a society's belief that there are some things that are guilty pleasures that we should not allow ourselves to like. What are those beliefs, and to what, to what degree have we embodied those beliefs based on those ideas from outside the self? How do these things show up? How do these how do these things show up? They show up as oh, a little bit of shame. They're rooted in a little bit of shame, right? Oh, I feel so guilty that I'm actually engaging in this thing that I find pleasurable. Why? Why? Well, it is all judgment. It is all judgment. Um, we feel we need to hide the things that we deem guilty pleasures. So there are things in my life that I hide, even though I've just talked about being transparent. There are some things in my life that I hide. My love for trashy TV. 
There is some trashy TV. There, so, so I was of the generation, I remember when MTV used to play music videos. And now it's mostly filled with really, really trashy TV. And I love it. <laughs> I love it. Hmm. The thing is, if I look at it and I say it's a guilty pleasure, I'm going to say, well, why, why do I feel guilt? First of all, what is guilt? What is guilt? Oh, I should, here. I do have a slide for the, yes, guilty pleasures. What is guilt? Guilt is a feeling of having done something wrong or having failed. So I watch these shows on MTV. I'm like, oh, is it wrong for me to watch this? <laughs> Are people in my life who think I'm, you know, who I'm this, uh, this well-educated uh, person going to look and think, why would you watch something so awful? So it's just a feeling that I have, right? And it has nothing to do with what anybody out there actually thinks. It's what I have decided to interpret other people to be thinking about me. That's where the guilt actually stems from. It is our belief that other people are judging us for something, and so there are things that we need to hide in our life. But it's just a feeling. It is the feeling of having done something wrong. Now, pleasure is a feeling of happy satisfaction or enjoyment. So why should we not move forward all the time feeling happy satisfaction and enjoyment and recognize that all life in all of its myriad, magnificent, infinite possibilities is satisfying and enjoyable? So there's guilt, a feeling. There is pleasure, a feeling, and those things are at odds with each other. The feeling of guilt and the feeling of pleasure are at odds with each other. So what we find is we have this internal battle, right? Not knowing which is going to take precedence in that moment. Which is it going to be the guilty feeling or the pleasure feeling? Now, those of you, I actually brought a slide this week. You ready? <laughs> right? <laughs> so, you're going to say, what is this? I don't understand this. And uh, this, is a this is something that I developed and created uh, as part of my ministry. And it is, it is through this particular formula that I have enhanced my experience of life. What do you think T stands for? Thought. Thought. What do you think B stands for? Belief. Belief. What do you think the F stands for? Feeling. What do you think QL stands for? So, you all got that right. Very, very good, students. Thoughts plus beliefs to the exponential feeling create the quality of your life. Your feelings are activating your thoughts and beliefs exponentially, and that creates the quality of your life. So if I am struggling with feelings of guilt, the guilt goes up here with my thoughts and my beliefs. What do you think that does to the quality of my life when I'm experiencing the feeling of guilt? <sighs> Say that the feeling is pleasure. I put pleasure up there. What do you think that feeling of pleasure does to the thoughts and beliefs in my life? <sighs> it expands them, right? I tell you, this formula has come 
become so handy in my life because it is a consistent reminder to me to always be checking in with those three aspects, my thoughts, my beliefs, and my feelings, because we teach much more than change your thinking, change your life. We teach, change your beliefs, change your life. Change your feeling, change your life. If you are looking to have an exponentially magnificent quality of life, the place to do the work is in your feeling space. Because that will always, always take precedence over your thoughts and your beliefs. Your feelings are always going to take precedence. So if I have a guilty pleasure, ooh, that conflict within me, what is the dominant feeling in this moment? Is it the guilt? Is it the pleasure? That is exponentially affecting my life in ways that are confusing to the infinite law of cause and effect. And so the law doesn't know how to deliver when you're in a state of confusion. Anyone ever have that experience where you like you want something? Maybe you're like, ooh, what if I get it? Is that going to lead me into feelings of guilt? And you just don't get it because the law cannot provide for you what you do not infuse into it. It cannot provide for you. Guilt is relative uh, to our internalized value system. When we feel guilt, it is actually a reflection of the value that we carry, our, our understanding of our own self-worth. And we can address that in constructive ways. We can address that in constructive ways. It takes work. It takes work. It takes daily practice. And the way that we teach in this philosophy to address that internalized value system is to go into a daily spiritual practice, whatever works for you. We teach some practices here. We teach them. But what works for you? Find that. Go on this exploration of experimenting in the world to find what works for you. Because for me, what works, there are a couple tools that really work well for me. Number one is meditation. That works really well for me. And I will continue to utilize it as long as it works well for me. And if there ever comes a day where it no longer works for me, I will cease to use it. Another spiritual practice that I engage in every single day, actually I engage in it multiple times a day, I do so publicly every weekday at uh, 11.30 a.m. Pacific, 2.30 p.m. Eastern at the Midday Mindful Moment. People are laughing because if you watch me on the Midday Mindful Moment, I always start off by saying, it's 11.30 a.m. Pacific, 2.30 p.m. Eastern, and it is time once again for our Midday Mindful Moment. It is an active thing I do at the same time every single day, and I put it out on Facebook Live, I do it publicly, so that you can hold me accountable to doing it. And you know what? I get held accountable, because if I am late, there is somebody in the room who will text me and say, uh, mindful moment. Yeah. I get that text. I'm like, oh, yes, it is time. So I'm grateful for the accountability. But Staying in the practice is what's important here. Staying in the practice. Stepping into an active spiritual practice is what's important. I have found that by doing this and allowing myself to go on that journey every single day of what is it I need to know today? What do I need to know today? And allowing that answer to be, to be, to be, I was going to say imbued. That's not the word I'm looking for. To be intuited through me 
It's always right. The answer is always right and exactly what I need to experience and express that day. And so I welcome everyone into my sphere and go through spiritual mind treatment, also known as affirmative prayer in a public setting. That is a spiritual tool that I use, affirmative prayer. Prayer with the understanding that I am not praying to something out there. I am praying as the great infinite thing that is fully expressed right here and right now. And I say that to, not to diminish anyone else because when I understand it and know it for myself, I recognize and know it as all that exists and that includes every single person that I come into contact with. When I look at you, all I see is God. That's all I see. I see love. I see light. I see life, I see power, beauty, joy, and so much more. I see the attributes of God in every single person I experience and encounter. God is not something or some being. It is the infinite beingness, it is the energy, it is the flow of creation. So that is how I address my own feelings of value, my own feelings of self-worth. And as I have done so, as I have experimented with this in my life, I can let go of those feelings of guilt. I can let go of any feelings of shame. And I can just live my life because I'm not allowing myself to judge myself based on what I think are the judgments of others. Oh, one of my very favorite guilty pleasures. <sighs> I'm just going to go out. You, you all got the formula. You don't need to have that staring you in the face, right? One of my favorite guilty pleasures. <laughs> and I'm going to talk about it. Because uh, there are going to be people out there who say, well, that's great, right? Um, I love Survivor. Yes. I love Survivor. <laughs> like, I am crazy for the show Survivor. And I wasn't always, I wasn't always. 20 years, ago, 20 years ago when it started, I was very anti-survivor. I was anti-survivor, and here's the reason. 20 years ago, um, I was still living my previous career path of being an actor. And I looked at a show like Survivor, and I had this perception of loss because they don't hire actors. They don't hire writers. They hire crew. I, I've, I've heard, because there, there are people that I know uh, that, that I am a couple, degrees away, a couple of degrees of separation away from that say that the crew are, it's, a, it's very hard to do that show. Let's just leave it at that. It's a very challenging show for the crew. But I was so put off by this idea that they would create entertainment in a different way that I was like, I'm anti-survivor, I'm gonna boycott that show because they don't, well, for me, because they don't hire actors. Well, they do hire actors. They're just not actors who've made a career of acting. So this perception of loss is, is allowing itself to show up and express in my life as I am going to be anti. I'm going to be against something. 
Well, Ernest Holmes says, find me one person who stands for something and against nothing, and I will show you the next Messiah, the next Jesus, whatever you want to say, the next enlightened being to walk this planet. So I have to check in with myself. What am I against in my life? So if I am against survivor, maybe there's something that I have to look at within myself to address those feelings of guilt and shame if I think I might be interested in watching it. As my internalized value system changed, so did my relationship to that particular form of entertainment. And I have now seen every single season, <laughs> and I choose not to miss it <laughs> when it airs. So it's what many would say, oh, that's a guilty pleasure. It's no longer a guilty pleasure because I've now admitted it. I allow myself to step, to step clear of any feelings that you might judge me for it. I step clear of any feelings that any of my actor friends might judge me for it. And I say, this brings me pleasure. I enjoy it. Why should I not experience it? So what comes up for you? And, and again, this is definitely rhetorical. What comes up for you as a guilty pleasure? Oh, I can actually, let me tell you something else about Survivor. Um, <laughs> I had this imagining that if I were one of those Nielsen households, you know the Nielsen ratings? I had had this idea that if I were one of those Nielsen households, and it was still back in the day when they kind of made you write it out by, like, on paper, now they're, now they're in, every t in every smart TV, I'm convinced of it, and they, they know what everybody's watching. Everybody. So um, I, I, I was thinking, if I were still one of those households and I had to self-report and write down what was happening on a Wednesday night, I would let them know that I was dutifully watching PBS. <laughs> Mm -hmm. So guilty pleasures, the guilt around that is all in what other people perceive. When we make comparisons, when we make comparisons between our lives and the way we think that others perceive us, or even our lives and the way other people are leading their lives, which is essentially putting us into judgment of others, when we live in judgment in any way, we're going to affect that formula by dragging us down because judgment is a feeling, it is an experience, it is a thought, it is a belief. Judgment is a thing that will drag us down. So let us release ourselves from the, no from the notion or the concept of judgment in any way. It is not necessary in our lives to experience or express judgment. Can you live a life free of judgment? Can you live a life free of judgment? Just check in with the inner voice that may bring up something that you are in judgment around that will deny what you might say out loud for everyone else to hear, which is, of course, I can live a life free of judgment. But what is that thing, what is that little inner voice saying? Because that is indicative of a belief that is within you that is so rooted that that is where the work begins. So I'm moving into alignment. I love this quote that I found. I'm moving into alignment with uh, the notion set forth by the British actor Tom Hiddleston. Do you know who he is? 
Tom Hiddle, he, he's in the Marvel movies. He plays uh, Loki. He in the yeah, if you, another guilty pleasure. Um, I love superhero movies. Um, so Tom Hiddleston says said this. I never feel guilty about pleasures. Let's move in that direction. Let us not feel guilty about the pleasures in our lives, the things that bring us pleasure, the way we can express 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 pleasure. When we internalize feelings of guilt, all we're doing is taking on the perceived judgments of others. Self-judgment is a life force stopper. Self-judgment is a life force stopper. If there's your self-judgment as you are moving forward, that's where it stops, your forward momentum and evolving a magnificent life. We are imparted with infinite life. We are expressions of infinite life. If there is no separation between this infinite divine creative power and us, because that is all that exists, we are unlimited in our experience of power and infinite life. We can approach and experience life without conditions, without limitations. The only thing that holds us back are the conditions and limitations we place upon ourselves. Now, there is not something out there passing judgment. How many of us grew up with the notion that God was judging us? Yeah. Here's what happens. That's what leads us into thinking that there's anything that we should feel guilty about in experiencing the pleasure of this thing called life. So as we move forward today, I'm going to bring back to mind how this song started. You've got to get up every morning with a smile on your face and show the world all the love in your heart. Do you have a willingness to do that? Well, that was resounding, wasn't it? Yeah. I guess, I guess if I have to. Can I get back to you next week? <laughs> Sometimes I just assume you're going to know if I want an answer. (laughs) Do you have a willingness to get up every single morning with a smile on your face and show the world all the love in your heart? There you go. What's the small voice in the back of your head saying? Not every day. day. Do you have a willingness to be the person who unabashedly expresses the love in their hearts, who engages in the fullness of life free of guilt? Mm-hmm. If there's any answer, if there is any answer, maybe love can end that madness that is showing up in the back of your mind. That's madness. To think that you should be anything other than the most magnificent, loving, expressive being you can possibly be at all times. To lead life from kindness and gratitude and allow that to be the thing that propels you into your magnificent future. Love ends the madness. And this whole month is the colors of love. 
That's the theme, the colors of love, the myriad ways that we can express and experience love in our lives because it is so far beyond romantic love or brotherly love or sisterly love or the love of community or the love, the love, like we can limit the idea of love, but love ultimately is unlimited. So let us unlimit ourselves in that expression of love. Are you willing to give that a try? Yes. All right, here's your homework. Your homework this week is simple, but maybe not easy. Be yourself unabashedly. Be yourself unabashedly. I'm up here as a reflection of what you might become. <laughs> Jazz hands. Run away, run away. <clears throat> Admit, now here's, here, here's, here's actually the practical thing. I would like each and every one of you, and do this to the degree that you are comfortable, but find the comfort level that expands your comfort zone. So you're gonna be pushing up against your comfort zone in this. Admit to somebody who will support you, that's a caveat, admit to somebody who will support you one of the things that you perceive in your life as a guilty pleasure. Just admit to somebody a guilty pleasure that you have. Seek out somebody who will support you, and you know what? I guarantee you what is going to happen is the guilt will disappear. And so it is. Hello, this is Reverend Jonathan Zenz, and I want to thank you for listening to the podcast of My Sunday Message. Your financial support will ensure that we can continue to offer this as an option for inspiration. You can make your tax-deductible contribution in any amount on our website, www.tucsonnewthought.org. Once again, thank you for listening. You are magnificent. Namaste.